Blog Talk Radio. Show. This is Winfrey Burns, 
and we are live and ready to go. I hope you guys are ready for a good show tonight because we've got a lot to talk about tonight. So, um, uh, yeah, so tonight we're talking about life after divorce or bad breakup. Um, and so we that's we're going to be talking to uh, Rob McClish, who is a licensed counselor and pastor, uh, in a little while about that. But of course, we're going before we get to that. We got news um, and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. So of course, tonight we also have uh, the Scoop Nation Hot Topic that we're going to get to later on, the best in indie music, and of course we've got another edition of Passion Talk with the Firestarter, Miss Cicely Victoria tonight. So we got a good show. We got a packed show. We got a whole lot to do tonight. I'm excited. I'm ready to have fun. But before we do that, let me say what's up to my people. Uh, so first, let me say what's up to uh, Miss Kelly Johnson of Curvy Kitten. What's up, Kelly? Hey. Hey. What's up? You, you, oh, man, I am good, ready for tonight's show, ready to have some fun, ready to have some good conversation. Me too. Ready to get it in. Good. good. Plus, we got Y'all, we, uh, we ain't done the, um, we haven't tonight, I didn't say this, but tonight for music, we're going to do the Genius Mix. So, you know, I ain't got a chance. It's going to give those of you who are going to the LU Homecoming a chance to kind of practice your strolls that you're going to need <laughs> later on this week. So, um, so we're going to get into that too in a little bit. So, so yeah, good show tonight. Of course, let me say what's up to Cuzzo, Mr. Rashad Ray Chan Challenge. What's up, my man? What's happening, man? Not used to going second. I'm, I was waiting, uh, but hey, man, what's going on? Oh, we good, we good. Yeah, those don't, so Q's not with us tonight. For those who don't know, she's she she takes the night off. Um, so it's just, y'all got to deal with us. I told them on the live. I said I'm not. They got to deal with me tonight uh, in the Scoop Nation because normally they get to get Q. I said I'm not as as uh as good looking as Q, but I guess I'm just gonna have to do tonight. So, um, so we gonna have a good show. <laughs> so. All right, so Kuzo, you want to go ahead and tell us what's happening in the news? Uh, yeah, I can do that. So first, let me go ahead and let you guys know that the news is brought to us by our good friends at Cool Kids. Cool Kids Entertainment. We throw parties, we have fun. That's what we do, and we do it on a sophisticated level. So let's start with the first one that made me happy. I'm happy. So in sporting news, our Chicago Bulls made the news for once. And they made the news <laughs> because Bobby Porter beat up Nikolas Mrakic. Beat him up. <laughs> Put him in the hospital. Yeah. Busted his face all wide open. And now this is a it, – it's being said that this is something that's been brewing for a while because little do we know um, there is trash talk that goes on in practices and whatnot and – it said that Bobby had reached his boiling point, and Bobby wasn't gonna have no more. So it was Bobby took that swing today, and I believe Bulls <laughs> fans everywhere are unanimously happy. If not, this one is. Not that I don't like Nico, but at the same time, for a team that I feel is entirely too soft, this is probably about the strongest thing I've seen them do in years. Like since Dennis yeah. Rodman, this is the strongest thing I've seen. And even though it's not a win on the basketball court, it's a win in the eye of manlyhood. So, uh, <laughs> wow. two others, so anybody who want to take that one? Uh, well, let me pl- let me place it so that uh, Kels, do you know any much uh, much about the Bulls like that? Not really. Not the Bulls. I, I mean, I general. really haven't been. 
Yeah, I haven't been up on the bull since um, Dwayne Wade left. Okay, no. I'll put it on a general scale then. So on a general okay. scale, how long do you take somebody talking mess to you before they meet these hands? Because that's honestly what it comes down to. You only get so long that you get to antagonize or go for somebody's jugular and they let it slide before you see those hands. Uh, Bobby been there, what, three years now, Covo? At least three years. I think they came at the same time. Him and Nico probably came about the same time. Uh, They play the same position. So, you know, I'm figuring a lot of the fighting has to do with who's on the court and who's not, which makes sense. Um, In the Bulls' perspective, I feel like Bobby really does have to say so because even though we stink, he is a bright spot. So to have him sitting on the bench is kind of like, why? Especially for a guy who has had his chance to start and stunk it up. But on a general, how long is too long (laughs) to let somebody bother you before they see these hands? Are you asking that personally? Yeah, right. I think so. <laughs> like in general, I mean, I know. because I'm, I mean, because I want to make it general, because I know you know you yeah. say you don't follow the bulls like that, so I want to make it general so we can conversate, right, Holiday right. about it. <laughs> no, after you told me the little backstory of them, but yeah, if it, I could just imagine, I'm not. I know I wouldn't have made it three years. This been they've been having beef for three years. Three years. Uh-uh. Yeah, that probably would have, yeah. And they play the but same position. Bad. I think, yeah, that it's like, they play the same position, which means that every day in practice, mm-hmm. yeah. y'all are defending each other. You know what I mean? Y'all are defending Intention. each other. Yeah. 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 So, and then we play up for playing time. Plus, even though they do play the same position, they're really to- two totally different, you know, styles oh. of play at that position. Mm-hmm. Like, Nico's a shooter. He's an outside shooter where Bobby... He's a, you know, he he's a in the paint guy. So, a banger. I mean, yeah, uh, it's, okay. it's totally yeah two totally. Oh different. my gosh. Well, technically, they could be on the floor at the same time if Nico had better skilling. So, honestly, Nico is the one who needs the hush. Well, but but Nico can shoot, oh. and in that offense, the problem the problem is in in that style of offense that they play. If you can't shoot, you know, you you're not going to stay on the court. Whereas you know, in other in other offenses and other you know, it's really about how well you play defense, offense and defense. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Wow, that's I mean that's just crazy. But I just wonder how it started off. And then he broke he broke bones in his face like broke bones. He came. He probably came back like he probably. Damn. I can imagine his arm probably reached all the way back. Now mind you, this it. is two seven footers now, so this ain't no this ain't no come down on you. This is two seven footers, so he caught that one straight. Ooh. It had to be straight. Ooh. Yeah, like straight, no Jimmy Jack. <laughs> he had to. Yeah. I mean, at seven feet, who coming down on who? Mason. Yeah, probably, I, I, that's two big old dudes right there. But he probably was talking noise, and he probably went ahead and mm-hmm. just talked him while he was still talking. That'd be funny. I wish. Well, I know it's a tape of it, but I wish they showed a tape of it. That would be awesome. 
Yeah, that's all I want to see. <laughs> and then oh, I wanna my see, God. I I'm sure the Bulls have never released that tape. I want to see what everybody going to do with it. They're going to have memes and gifts. <laughs> oh, you know that there is already one out there, but this one isn't even a meme. It was like a prequel to the situation. It had <laughs> a picture of, of a little boy with some boxing gloves on staring at Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali in the mirror, and guess who tweeted it? Bobby Portis. Like last yeah. week or something, he tweeted this, and it said, people don't, what did it say? Uh, People might not see the fight in you, but don't worry about it. Just give it to them or something like that. I'm paraphrasing real hard because I'm not looking at it, but it definitely lets you know that if you want to see these hands, keep talking. That's what I got from the yeah. picture. Yeah. So they had, that's and like, he, they and had he showed them hands. hands. Like, it was oh, real. yeah. Oh, yeah. And What's his name? Mi- Mir- Mirotic. 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 He didn't know what was coming. He didn't think fat meat was greasy. Mm-mm. You know, this they talking to me. He was like, he, you got one knew. more time. You've been around Bobby. I don't think he Bobby. knew. I don't think he knew Bobby was going to throw it, though, because, though, like, after three years of saying the same things, I'm pretty comfortable in saying it now. And mm-hmm. he had to be comfortable. Like, Bobby was like, man, gone somewhere, gone somewhere. Man, gone somewhere, gone somewhere. Look, I ain't told you, gone somewhere. Bob- no, Bobby, from, Bobby from the hood. Mm-hmm. Well, so, then on. there's that part. Bobby from the, yeah, Bobby from the hood. <laughs> there it is. How others see you is not important. How you see yourself means everything. Right. Punch him in his mouth. Amen. That man from the hood. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, leave people alone. I'm telling <laughs> you. Much. I've tried to find something positive. Leave folks alone well, and you won't get punched in the face. I'm telling you. You better pick. Pick some battles. Right. But Mm-mm-mm. I don't like violence, <laughs> but yeah, well, nobody likes violence. But speaking of violence and segueing into keeping your hands to yourself, North Korea <laughs> says nuclear war may break out at any moment. So could this possibly be with all this other shenanigans that we get on the news and all the cover-up is about that we might be just right. going to nuclear war and it's going on right underneath us because we paying attention to everything else, song and pony dancing? What y'all think? We looking at nuclear war? Do y'all know much about it? Or yeah, yeah um, Trump. I mean, he a fool. Like I, when I was watching the news, like I was going through my mind, I'm thinking, um, he looks like he's acting. Like, are you really that bold and silly? And you know, like, are you really that crazy? <laughs> Yeah. Is this a ploy? Okay. I'm thinking nope. is, it, is it a ploy? Nope. You know, there's a word we use all the time and it's called privilege. And I think at some time that privilege peaks its ugly little head. And when it does, it really shows you how people think that they are dominant in situations where they really aren't. And I mean, I know people say, Oh, the United States this and the United States that. Well look here. In my eyes, I feel like everybody drives a Toyota, a Nissan, and a and a and a and a Honda and a everything else from Oriental, you know, or Asian land. So no, I don't feel like we have top notch anything made here first. I just don't. I could be wrong, 
I just don't feel that way, though, because my example's in front of me. Like, if I go to most people's house, they have a Samsung TV. I couldn't even name a TV that's made in America anymore. So I, I, I don't know, man. I don't want to play with people whose technology is way above ours, and I feel like, you know, every TV could just blow up because they mad or every car could just clock out because they decided it was the day. Like, I, I just don't like playing like that, and for some reason – we feel like our bread is buttered to where we can do that, and I don't agree. I mean, <laughs> proud to be an American, but well, uh, at so some you, point, I'd rather not be dumb. So you think they got secret yeah. weapons and stuff? I think they got more than secret weapons. I think they're just smarter than us. Just being well, dead, my, honest with you. Um, I, I got a Phillips bag. I got a Phillips Magnavox. Is a Phillips a Phillips Magnavox is American, right? <laughs> I think so to some degree. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't think so. I, I don't. Here's my thing. I don't. I don't think they're necessarily smarter than us, um, or anything like that. Because in most instances, they're still coming. To, in a lot of instances and areas, um, they still come here to get educated. The fact that we that we buy a lot of our things from other countries doesn't necessarily mean that they have something that we don't have. It just means that it's cheaper to manufacture it there. So I don't necessarily think that you know that that's necessarily saying a whole lot. Um, do My I think argument is saying that they're better. The products are better is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. We get them from so. there because they're better. I think they're better. I think they're just cheaper. I think they're just cheaper. Um, labor is cheaper. The, you know, I think really what it boils down to is cheaper labor, period. Uh, it's cheaper to make some, It's cheaper to make you know, a pair of shoes in Taiwan where you can pay somebody $10 an hour versus Chicago where I got to pay you $20 an hour. You know, I think it's just – I think it's simple. It's, it's – economics. Now, to answer your question, do I think that they have nuclear capabilities to hurt us? Not yet. And that's part of what he's saying is in another earlier article this week, he said that he's not interested in any type of diplomatic discussions until North Korea has the ability to um, launch a long-range nuclear weapon that can hit the East Coast of the United States. Uh, now, do so, you think if they really had it, he would tell you um, maybe. I think he might. I, think I don't. Part of, because I don't think, here's, here's why I say, and that's fine, but here's why I say that. I, say, I don't think that they want to go to war, uh, go to war, I, but I don't think that they're afraid to do it either. You know, I don't think, I don't think his, I think his objective is to put North Korea back um, as a superpower. That he wants to see North Korea get the same level of respect that the United States does. That China does um, in the world economic, you know, or in the world system, in the world market. I also, and I also think that because um, because they are in cahoots with, I believe it's, you know, with China in certain in certain areas, and it, with Russia in certain areas, that it makes it difficult for us to really take a, a, a position. Because I don't really think the end game for us is. China. I think the problem is if we go to battle with North Korea, then that means, excuse me, North Korea, I think the, the problem is if we go to war with North Korea, then where does that put us in relationship to Russia? Where does that put us in relationship to, to um, North Korea? Where does that, because really at this point, who are our allies? And who's going to say, okay, if civil war, if World War Three starts, I'm going to line up with North Korea, I'm going to line up with, you know what I mean? Like who, who, who's really going to, where are we going, where are we going to be? Um, because I mean, yeah, I mean, who who really who really likes us at, to that point at this at this um, at this juncture, and we don't really know 
And I don't know if, if we're in the position to really want to find out. That's the other problem. Um, well, I don't know if but aren't they trying to um, be allies with China and well, get China, China? So China, North Korea, and China have certain trade agreements in place, and so China mm-hmm. has come down with some sanctions, but um, they have refused to completely cut North Korea off, and so you know they really you know they don't, and so that's part of what initially what Trump was issue issue was, quote unquote, was that he wanted them to completely cut him off and they refused to do it. So they just said, you know, we'll put sanctions in place because again, can't bite the hand that necessarily feeding you. Uh-huh. Or one of the hands one of the hands that's feeding you at least. So Yeah, I think we got a caller. Uh-huh. We got a caller wanna talk. Mm-hmm. Yes we do. Hold on. Yep. Caller two nine six nine, you are on the air. What is your hold on? Hold on, hold on, wait a second. Thinking. Uh, well, I was thinking. Yes, I think that's part of our it's part of our concern. Is what does that do? Because you know we've got some some. Um, Issues and concerns with China from a financial aspect, um, and then we, our relationship with um, Russia isn't the greatest either. So, how do we, you know, what do we do, and how do we stand in the middle of all of that? It's part of the problem. I don't understand yeah. what our relationship is with Russia because you ask one person, we sterling, and a bunch of stuff is going on underneath the 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 thing, and then you ask anybody else, they enemies too. So, I don't know. My main thing is I'm always concerned about who doesn't like us and why. And then does that change with who's sitting in the chair? And I think it does. I honestly think it does. I think that people play friends with us by who's sitting in that chair. Like they was our friends when Clinton was sitting there a little bit. They wasn't our friends when neither one of the Bushes was sitting there. They was our friend when Obama was sitting there. They aren't our friend while Trump is sitting there, to my understanding, because not very many people like him. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how true that is, to be honest. I think a lot of that has to do with, um, again, it goes back to economy, I think. I don't think they necessarily like – I think that the way that some of these other presidents handle them are definitely different. I mean, I, you know. I definitely agree with that. Now, from a personal standpoint, how they feel about Trump, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't I'm know like, personally. Don't... I'm just going off of the yeah. propaganda that we call the news. Yeah. So it's, it's very, it's very hard. It's very hard to say. I call it two nine six nine. You are on the air live. What's your question or comment? Yes, my question. I mean, well, my comment is about the um, about Russia. I mean, about the North Korea. Well, have y'all heard of the Nuclear Proliferation Act? that everybody signed back in the day that basically every country got one of their nuclear weapons but three countries. Well, four countries. Mm-hmm. China, Russia, uh, the United Kingdom, and the United States. We have the largest mm-hmm. nuclear weapon stockpile in the world. So I'm not worried mm-hmm. about North Korea firing something off. But soon they fire it off, we're going we're gonna to obliterate them off the map. Point blank and simple. So with that and then there's another one, the Non-Proliferation Act, like Iran, Iran, North Korea, 
all the smaller rogue nuclear powers signed that and stuff. So, the back of saying is with North Korea tested, soon they fire a long, um, uh, soon they, soon they fire a ballistic long range missile. Man, Trump is not a dumb person. He may act dumb and be bold, but I guarantee you, those military people that's behind him is going to tell him to fire them nukes off, and we're going to knock North Korea out in one strike. So, so and by the time that missile gets anywhere near the United States, it'll be taken out. So it'll be a one shot, one kill, and we're good with it. Thanks for comment that says uh, Koreans are also uh, little known. They're also black Asians, which is one of the reasons why Rodman gets a pass with them. Okay. Any thoughts on that or no? Nobody touching that one? Mm-mm. He said, mm-mm. <laughs> I ain't touching that. <laughs> you, don't... <laughs> you don't think you don't think Koreans are black Asians? I don't know enough to speak. To, I don't know enough about that to speak uh, intelligently. Yeah, that's I'm fair. Like, I, you better say that. You've been in a pageant before, huh? <laughs> you better get that pageant <laughs> answer. Bro came with the pageant to. answer on him like, uh, all I want is world peace. World exactly. peace. <laughs> exactly. Well, Curving on to our uh, other other news that deals with, you know, folks and their entitlement yet again. The controversial costume that should have never been made, so that lets you know what my thoughts on it are, and Frank uh-huh. was pulled from stores. Uh, somebody thought it'd be a novel idea to make Anne Frank costumes, and, of course, it has been removed. Uh, we can start either one of y'all. What are y'all thoughts on that? Okay, so how I made it applicable to me and how I would feel, I said, what if somebody had a costume of, like, Emmett Till, like, oh, in the casket? Head. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I could see, yeah, and that made me, like, really mad. So, I mean, come on now. People... Yeah. You gotta have some type of respect. There's some things you know not to do. So, who did that? Who did? I didn't even read that. Who did that? It was well. It didn't give the store's name, but it said it had plural. Like there were several stores. Yeah, that had it. It it, that's what it said. Is it was stores. It didn't put the stores in the mud, but it definitely said stores have pulled mm-hmm. it off the shelf. So, I don't know, man. I. That kind of goes, well, I mean, not kind of like the Dove. I'm not going to mix that because it, it ain't. But still, I, it's like, where's the thinking sometimes, man? Like, I, 
I'm all for a joke, and I'm all for, you know, we should be able to laugh at stuff. But some stuff just isn't laughable at all, like at no angle, none, not one. Yeah. It's just not smart. Mm, mm, mm. No. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, who will buy, buy their child a costume like that? That's the other question. Who's going to wear this costume? Like, who's yeah, going to wear it? Was for, it was for kids. It was for kids. <laughs> it was a little. It was a little girl costume, and it said the name of the costume said "Young Skewy, Young Jewish Rescuey" or something like that. Yeah. Mhm. Just not <laughs> smart. Not no. smart. Oh well, they're gonna learn. Yeah, they sure will. Well. That brings us to our juking moment of the evening. Well, juking moment number one. And uh, <laughs> it is brought to us by our resident DJ, his, uh, DJ Genius. And it is his birthday. So happy birthday, DJ Genius. I hope you enjoy uh, Chicago. Birthday. Don't know if you're back, but uh, happy birthday, bro. This mix is yours, and it's for you. Here we go. Sophisticated with it. 
Flow. 
Now that I am officially a heathen for the night, but dancing the way I was just dancing, um, we're going to go ahead and get into this. Uh, we got with us, we're going to get to this interview um, tonight. So we're talking about life after divorce, and I added, or a bad breakup. And we've got uh, one of the best in the business to talk about uh, this tonight. So we've got uh, Rob McCliff, uh, or Pastor Rob, as they call him. He is affectionately known, or is affectionately known. He's been in ministry since the age of 15 um, for over 22 years. Um, he has a licensed minister and 12 years he's been pastoring. He has dedicated his ministerial life to building healthy relationships, enriching families, and connecting all generations to the love of Christ. At age 25, he served as the senior pastor of Living Waters Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas, where he was dedicated to discipleship, evangelism, positive male involvement. His connection to the community garnered partnerships with NFL players and other community leaders. Pastor McClish has also served as the lead pastor of Radical Praise Baptist Church in Wichita, Kansas, where members were taught to grow biblically and model being a church that not only has service, but a church that does service. Under his collaborative leadership, a a community relations program sponsored a $26,000 renovation project for Radical Praise Baptist Church to foster services and a safe place for runaway and homeless youth. Through other community partnerships, approximately 150 families were served food every month. Marriages have been saved, and many unsaved have found their identity in Christ. Pastor McClish was named one of Wichita's 40 under 40 most influential leaders by the Wichita Business Journal in 2006. He's also, his educational accomplishments, accomplishments excuse me, include 
a bachelor's of science degree in psychology, a master's degree in Christian ministry with an emphasis in biblical studies and pastoral care. Um, he is overjoyed and grateful to proclaim completion of his doctorate degree in marriage and family therapy, therapy and pastoral counseling in May of 2008 from Eastern Christian University. Um, I with the rest also. He is married to Miss to one Miss Leah Joel McClish. Uh, they have been married since August 20th, 2011. He quotes himself saying that Leah has been an angel and it helped me sit by God to bring the best out of me. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend and my brother, Rob McClish. What's going on, my man? What up? What up? What up? Listen, the first order of business is we're gonna lower. We're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to shorten your bio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. So for my bio, all I'm gonna put on there next time is just I'm a servant. That's it. Oh, that's so deep. <laughs> Yeah. It's good to have you, man. So let's go ahead and jump in uh, into this interview. Um, first of all, um, kind of give us um, an idea of, I think, one of, the, one of the questions that a lot of people have after divorce or after a bad breakup is what is the first thing or what are some things that they should do um, to help themselves move on? Uh be real with yourself and be honest with yourself that uh, the stuff hurts. It's painful. Um, Miles and Rose, he had uh, actually described um, divorce as someone having a part of their bodies literally being ripped away from them. And um, I, I've never had a part of my body ripped from me, but I know that I've had some skin ripped off before, and that was painful. But a whole part of your body being ripped, that's painful. And so it is important to recognize that, that you are in pain and that you need to tend to your wounds um, and don't jump into a relationship immediately after a bad breakup or a divorce because um, otherwise you're going to be uh, a, a if I'm, I, I like it to being emotionally crippled, trying your best to run in a race that you can't run in. Um, everybody else takes their time to, to recover from all these other injuries, but when it's an emotional injury, you really need to take time to uh, to tend to those wounds. Okay. Well, how do we, I mean, okay, so then how do we know uh, or how do we do that? How do we tend to those wounds, to those, you know, how do we do those things so that we can make sure that we are um, healed? I'll tell you from my own personal experience. So when when um, I went through my divorce, yes, my pastor who went through a divorce, um, I, I felt like I was a failure and that how in the world can I help somebody in their relationships when I've had a failed relationship myself. So um, I, I I tried my best to just suck it up and keep moving on, but I had to be real with myself and, and be like, okay, I need to get some counseling. So my first order of business was to get uh, professional counseling. Um, I went to spiritual counseling. I may have been over the top with it, but I got spiritual counseling, professional counseling, group counseling, went to 
uh, divorce care, and uh, and then I had a uh, a um, trainer, a personal trainer, because I wanted to work out too. Not so I could catch the ladies, but I wanted to make sure that <laughs> that I was I was physically healthy enough as well. I wanted to make sure that I had all around health. Um, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So um, for me, it was really to um, seek professionals who could help me to recognize where those areas of pain was and, and where those areas of, of improvement that I needed. So um, because you, a lot of times you have blind spots. You don't, know, you don't notice that you are in pain until someone um, points out, wow, that must be painful, you know. It, it's it, 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 it's very imperative that you go to a professional. Mm-hmm. So, okay, and Rashad and Kelly, y'all jump in because you know we can. I'm about to jump in. Yeah. Go ahead. You all right? What's going on, bro? Okay. What's up, my man? How you feeling? Hey, man. You know, first and foremost, even though I don't watch it, ain't your Cowboys looking like my Bears? Hey man, we about look, the same amount look, of sorry, ain't it? Look, look, man, look, look. If you value our, <laughs> stay off that. Hey, off I gotta that. go there first. I gotta go there first. <laughs> I got to. All right, man. So yeah. my question is, all right. So one of the biggest, one of the biggest things that we battle about back and forth in the room, outside the room, daily in life, is accountability. What does accountability look like? What does it sound like? How does one accept true accountability for what they've done, and how do they accept it when it when they're hearing it back? You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, man, that's a tough one, man. That because it's never good to hear where you messed up, and um, I, I think it's important to just recognize that, that you're human because I think that's where uh, the discrepancy comes from is we try to be this superhuman that never makes mistakes. And so recognizing that you're human and um, being open to improvement, I think that's where it starts um, and, and, and releasing pride because that's what, that's the root of it all. It's in pride, and, and we try to put up these different safeguards and, and defense mechanisms to to block our own uh, ability to get better or be better people. So I think that's where it really begins is that inner work of reducing yourself to that that pride. What so I mean in your in your um, experience. Why is it so difficult to move beyond that place of pride? Like, what are what are people? What are we hold? We I would say people because I know I see this. Me too. What are we holding on to that um, you know that we don't want to let let you know let that down, let that go? I would say a soft sense of self um, where you have this image of yourself that you want for everyone else to see, but then when other people point out that 
that ugly side of you, then you automatically put up that guard and be like, no, that's not right. Because we all have our own views of how we want people to see us. Um, and in the psychology room, they, um, they, they talk about view of self, view of others, and view of God. And so a lot of times in that you have this view of yourself that you know is there and you try to hide it your best. Uh, I call it the fig leaf syndrome, where we try our best to hide who we really are. And then when somebody brings out that part of us that we try to put the fig leaves on, then we uh, we fight against that. And so um, I think that it's, it, it, it comes from us not accepting that authentic part of who we are, um, that part where nobody else is watching. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I do. So I know you you were talking about the um the um fig leaf syndrome where you try to cover up or you don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, do you think that's just that's that just another part of safeguarding yourself? Because I don't I don't think we talk about that in a, I guess in a in a we don't we never give a positive light to that at all. But shouldn't you use your experience to be more careful next time? Like that could still be part of you growing. Like, what's your yeah. take on that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we we've learned how to. Um, I, this is my personal opinion that we've learned how to be such a judgmental uh, society that we misjudge ourselves, we judge other people, but we don't allow, uh, yeah, I'm going to get a question on it. We don't allow God to be the one who is the one who accepts us and, and cares for us. So then we try to create ourselves as little gods when really we would never create to be little gods. And so when we get on that, that throne of the process of, of trying to become God, then we mess up, and we mess up even more the more we do that. So I think that it's important to, to recognize that human part of us, embrace that human part of us that says, okay, I need a higher power than myself, and at the same time, the mistakes that I make, yeah, let me learn from that. Let me learn from that and let me find a way to help others to learn from what I, the mistakes that I've made as well. Because otherwise, we're going to be a whole bunch of big leaf wearing people that don't even know how to be intimate with ourselves or even be intimate with one another because we, we continue to, to cover ourselves up. So what are so what are some of the okay? So you talked about counseling, um, and uh, so for those who don't necessarily believe go or have access to counseling, um, are there other things that they can do um, to to kind of help heal you know heal and get through the process? 
Um, so what I, what I developed from my own experience, I developed this whole process called uh, the courageous living process. In that courageous living process, you um, you recognize the pain, you face the pain, you learn from the pain, and then you move on from the pain. So what does that look like? Um, it involves, for me, this is my process, is I, I journal constantly. Every time I have this, this feeling in my gut or this feeling of uh, loneliness, I would be like, okay, why are you lonely? What makes you lonely? Are you, try, are you, are you wanting to be with somebody else because they, you want for them to build your ego up? If, they, if you want for them to build your ego up, then why do you need your ego built up? And so it was like I went through this whole process of, of getting down to the root of the issue. And for me, the root of my issue was um, I, I just wanted to be validated. I wanted to be validated, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to fail. And the greatest fear that I had, which was the fear of failure, happened. So everything was messed up for me. And so I think for for the common person, it's, it's trying to get to that place to where you understand that that root. What is that root? Because if you don't understand the root, then you'll never have to be, produce fruit. Um, and you'll never have fruitful relationships afterwards. Or you can to an extent, but you're still going to have the same problems that you had before, just with a different person. So um, I think it's being courageous and really facing yourself the part that, that you try to run away from. Does that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we run from ourselves. We constantly run from ourselves. We we and because we will run and we'll call somebody if we're by, by ourselves. We some of us don't like to sleep with the T V off because we don't like the quiet house. I mean, we run from ourselves constantly. And so you it, it takes very, it takes a lot of courage to be able to face yourself and be like, man, yeah, I did mess up with that. Yeah, they, they did mess up with me and that did hurt, but then what did I do as well? And what can I do differently? Mm-hmm. I have a question, another question. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were in the, you started in the ministry when you were 15. Yeah. So you had your divorce while you were a minister where you, uh, a pastor, or were you a practicing minister in the church, and how did that affect your ministry going through something like that? Because you know we're taught. I know I was taught growing up in church that you know you try your hardest not to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was in ministry. I was actually pastoring uh, when I went through the divorce, and you know I will say this also um, before we go on with that. Um, I was I. I've been blessed with the opportunity to um, have a restored um, connection with my ex-wife. We're we're actually cool now. We're actually good friends. So um, I will say that um, restoration can happen. That work has to start inwardly. But um, 
to answer your question about the ministry, um, I think it, it, it affected me personally more than it did publicly um, because at the church where I was pastoring at, um, they, they respected me for continuing to pastor even though they knew I was going to pay. And to be honest, um, pastoring after divorce really, uh, I'd say, saved my life because I was still accountable. Um, uh, you know, I, I won't lie and say I didn't have moments where I had struggles. I mean, serious struggles. But at the same time, it 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 helped me to know that I'm not in this alone. And it was helpful to know that um, I'm learning what the books didn't teach me. And from that, I was able to help a lot of people who had either gone through divorce or on the brink of divorce or um, were about to be married to someone who they thought they may divorce eventually. Uh, I, I was able to help them out. And eventually it got to a point to where I uh, – I, I was more intentional in my counseling and my ministering to other people who um, have been in painful relationships. Because at first it was more about theory, but then this thing became real to me. So mm-hmm. as a result, I'm, I'm, I've been able to help a lot of people who have gone through divorce, um, a lot of ministers and pastors who have gone through divorce. I've been able to help them out. Yeah. Did you feel like you were the did you feel like um you were the divorce magnet after after he went through your divorce? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like that definitely. too. Like everybody everybody wants to come to you and talk about their divorce, like, oh my god, I think I'm a magnet now. Yeah, yeah. I'll get phone calls. Hey man, you were divorced, right? Uh yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That is so, yep. Yeah, that's 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 been there. I actually had a phone call from a guy. Uh, he's a pastor in, on the East Coast, and he actually called me and was like, you do not know how much you helped me and how much you literally saved my life and saved my ministry just because you helped me get through my divorce. And um, it is something that happens. It happens to especially ministers. Ministers of the gospel, it happens to us. And it is it's tough. It is tough. Um, going through that as a minister because you are in the spotlight. Everybody expects for you to be this perfect being and be in this perfect relationship. But then when you mess up, it's like, wow, how can I listen to you? Or you think that. You think, how can they listen to me when I wasn't even good enough in this relationship? And so you have to go through that whole inner work to help yourself and, and then be able to help others eventually. So do so do you think that after your divorce, since you cancel a lot of people, I guess after their divorce, do you can counsel for people to work it out and do everything yeah. they can not to be divorced, or do you say divorce is okay? By is there a middle ground in that? By all means, I want to try my best to save the marriage. That's 
that's my ultimate goal because I'm never going to anyone go through what I went through, what I experienced. And divorce is very painful. And um, if if anyone can, can save the marriage or if the marriage can be salvaged, then I would um, I would encourage that. But at the same time, I've learned that sometimes regardless of how much you try to do to save the marriage, it's not enough because things happen beyond your control. And then once again, that's the human part of us. The human part of us says that not everything is going to be perfect. And God knows that. He knows that not everything is going to be perfect. Um, what are some, so what are some of the how do you um I'm gonna turn turn the corner a little bit. What are some of the signs that a person knows that they are um uh, actually ready to get back out there and start dating again? Hmm. Good question. Um the well first the, the research says that for every year that a person has been married, it, it, it takes two years to heal from that. That's what research shows. That's the first thing. Second thing, though, know, um, is each person is different. I mean, that's what I say. Um, but the most important thing that has been the most consistent across the board is whenever a person does not feel like they need someone, to be in a relationship, that's when they're really ready. Because most times in relationships or, or when a person is lonely, they're looking for someone to complete them and they're looking for someone to, to fill a void that that needs to be filled. And if you're looking for that person to fill the void, then they're going to become an idol to you and you're going to do whatever it takes to try to please them versus loving yourself in the process enough to not lose yourself in a relationship. So um, when, I, when I knew that I was ready, it was at a point to where, one, I was, I was able to say I forgive my ex-wife, and then, two, I didn't need anyone. I didn't, I didn't need to have anyone. I was content with going on dates by myself and taking myself out to five-star restaurants and paying $50 for myself without having to pay it for somebody else. When I got to that point where I was like, look, I'm good by myself, that's when God dropped me into my life. <laughs> so uh, so that, that's just, and, and that's how I've been across the board with other people I've counseled. When they feel like they don't need someone, that's when they were really ready to open themselves up to somebody else. Okay. I got one. So um, I want to know more about the the putting together as opposed to the going away. Um, how does one decipher when they're ready to actually go into a marriage? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. When 
you have someone that you might be dating or you're, you're connected with, and that person automatically um, brings the best out of you. You know that you can be your authentic self, and they're able to be their authentic self. And it, it's something that that is natural. It's not something that's forced. Um, and it's organic. I, I think too many times we put pressure on ourselves to be like, oh, man, I need to get married. I need to get married. My biological clock is ticking. I, I, I'm, I'm this age. I'm that age. I need to hurry up and get married. When you're focusing on that, you're really focusing on the wrong thing. I think that when, when you know that there's a solid relationship and you're able to have a good time with that person, have fun with that person, and it's, it's a mutual thing, that's when you know. Um, this is who I can who I can spend the rest of my life with. So, in your professional opinion, is that something that a person can grow into, or is that something that, like, you know how people say uh, 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 that that there's somebody out there for you, and that person is already like perfectly made. They won't have to adjust. They already, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. I know it's fairy ish but people really go by that. So is yeah. it? Is it possible that people grow into what you need, or is it, in your professional opinion, because I don't want nobody saying, you know, you got to be straight T now with folks, but uh, is is it possible that they can grow into it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what a relationship is. It's, it's a living, breathing organism anyway. And so anything that living and breathing grows. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I would say that they, they would grow into it um, the same way that some people grow apart. Um, but I, I think that, that both parties have to be intentional with that and find out what is it that brought y'all together in the first place. And if you find out what brought y'all together in the first place and you can focus on that, then, yeah, that's the moment you can grow. Um, grow together and grow into um, whoever the person is designed to be for you, to help you, because that's what it automatic um, actually comes down to is how much do they help you? I have a question on our um, on our live. The question is, um, how does a believer deal with the reformation of their faith and their walk when marriage is such a staple of Christian life. Okay, say that one more time. How does a believer deal with the reformation of their faith and their walk when marriage is such a staple of Christian life? So how does someone say Say one more time. Let's say it one more time for all the girls. <laughs> How does a believer <laughs> deal with with the reform with the reformation of their faith and their form when marriage is such a staple of Christian life? So how do they how do they basically the way I say that is how do they put their life how do they deal with putting their life back together when they're a Christian and, and 
marriage oh. is such a vital part of being, you know, it's a part of our Christian, you know, what we believe about marriage as Christians. Okay, so so you're saying how does how does the faith play a part in their Christian walk when marriage is the main focus? Is that what you're saying? Mm-mm. Um, I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying that since it's such as marriage is so important, so important, such important to Christianity, um, then how does somebody who gets a divorce go about putting their, you know, putting their life back together if they've been divorced? How do they deal with that? How do they, you know, how do you deal with the condemnation? How do you deal with the guilt? How do you deal with trying to put your life back together? You know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. All right, I got it now. I got it. Okay, yeah. so uh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Glory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it, it, always, it always goes back to that inner work of the self because we let everyone else dictate what is successful and what's not successful. So if we do the inner work, the internal work of accepting, yes, I have gone through a divorce. Yes, it may have failed, but I'm not a failure. That's really where it starts. And when you get to that point to where you can can build up your most holy faith internally, then... It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or whatever anybody else says. Because I've had many many times when people have been like, well, aren't you supposed to be a preacher? How are you going to go through the board? I've had people literally say that to me. And, you know, I, I, I take a deep breath and I'll, I'll, I'll say, aren't you supposed to be a Christian? Aren't you supposed to be praying? But, you know, then that, that, that can go in a different direction. But, uh, but, but you know, then I, I explained to them, haven't you had failures in other parts of your life? And then, of course, they'll say, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so then what makes this different than any other failure that I've had, that I've had, that's the key word that I've had, that it's not that I am a failure. And so, um, it, it comes from just accepting that part of you. It's always going back to that part of saying, I am human. I have had painful moments. I have experienced failure, but I'm not the failure. And, and reconciling that with yourself, within yourself. All right, my brother. Well, we appreciate your time. Um, no, you said you didn't earlier. Okay. But yeah, we definitely have to have you back. A lot of good information um, for us. We appreciate you having on. And congratulations on your new position as senior pastor of Washington Tabernacle Baptist Church. That's yes, sir. Way to go, man. Way, way to go, man. Very proud of you. Thank you. Don't tell them you're a Cowboys fan. Keep it to yourself. In the name of the Lord. I got the stadium replica at the church in my office. You keep it to yourself in the name of the Lord. (laughs) We want blessings. (laughs) 
no, they, they see all this cowboy paraphernalia in my house. So, so let it go. Let it go. All right. All right, y'all. So we appreciate you, Rob, man. We'll definitely have you back. Hey, thanks, um, thanks for having me. Some more. Thanks for having me. All right, bro. All right, take care. All right, so next we got um, People Get Ready by Mr. Loris Robinson. And after the break, we're going to kill who's going to get us into the Scoop Nation hot topic. So tag all your friends and, and get online. And we're about to uh, call in with your, with your questions or comments to this song. We got the
All right. Thank the Lord, everybody. We are getting ready for our next uh, segment, and this is the Scoop Nation's Hot Topic time. Um, and this Hot Topic for tonight is brought to you by Black Cat uh, through Curvy Kitten. It's a fashion Meow. party. <laughs> This event will collaborate fun, fashion, and drama. It's a costume party with a twist. So come on out for an exciting premiere of new fashions from Curvy Kitten and RBM Clothing. Hosted by OKC's very own Damon Detroit and Holly North, and including sounds by DJ D. Chappelle. There will be prizes for best male, best female, and best couple costumes. And we've also added some VIP packages, whereas one of them includes a party bus and complimentary drinks. So uh, tickets start at $15, um, and we are ready to have some fun with OKC. So come to Black Cat. The event is on Eventbrite at blackcat.eventbrite.com. So that was a mouthful. Let's get to our hot topic. And the question was posted by um, Scoop member Sasha, and it says that it was a meme, and it had a, a picture of Oprah and Stedman, and it says, are you dating, are you okay with dating someone who does not want to get married? Are you okay? Or can you date someone who never wants to get married? So they already know they don't want to get married, and can you date them? And there was a lot of no's um, on the post. One person said, <laughs> um, no, because I want I want to, so I'm not going to waste my time with someone who knows for sure they don't. Um, let's see. Someone else said, define date. Uh, we had another poster that said, I could call, I could, because I'm pretty sure I don't either. Been there, done that two times. So, I mean, to me and the fellas tonight, so what do y'all think? I'll let y'all go first. What do you think, Rashad? It's a no-no. So uh, the way I'm set up, even though, you know, I'm not ready to walk down the aisle tomorrow, I'm not going to sit and date you just to be dating you. I don't want to date somebody that's just a date. I don't want to be around somebody that could just be a girlfriend. If you could just be, then I don't want to be, and I'm not going to. I'm not at the point in life where I want to waste time with people that are, you know, not trying to fall in line with the vision because there's a lot of stuff going on for me. Praise God. And, um, you know, I need somebody that's going to be able to be strong enough to be there for that, with that, and 100% down like, yo, that's my dude. He'll move in a shaker. he get it done. And I need that. So, no, I don't want to just girlfriend. No, thank you. Hmm. Okay. And what about you, Bishop? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. At this point in 2017, nope, can't do it. Um, there once was a time, obviously, before, um, you know, you know, probably, you know, pre right after. No, not even then, really. There was a, t- a time period where I didn't. Where I always said I didn't want to get remarried. The reality is that was probably me me more speaking out of just not being ready for it. Um, But the reality is the way my life is set up, I function better um, with a wife, period. 
I'm I'm one of them. I think I've I've always been uh, one of those people who um, who is who's better as a husband. Not that I'm a bad boyfriend because I'm not. I'm pretty dope actually. But I think um, as a husband, I think I'm probably much better. Don't ask my ex like okay. that. Okay. But anyway, I digress. And I want to add too. In my previous four marriages, um, I was an awesome guy. <laughs> you know, I only messed up four times, but I was an awesome guy, and I've learned. So for the fifth wife, you're going to get an awesome guy. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, feel, like I said, I feel, I, I think part of it now, for me just, again. Y'all ain't get to just overtalk. Y'all ain't get to just overtalk me though. I'm gonna let you have about one more minute, and then I'm gonna get mine in. <laughs> no, go ahead. Cause it's gonna stop tonight. Do y'all hear me still black? Cause it's gonna stop tonight. It's all night. I'm the only thing I'm here. How about this? Just cause Kel, I'll do you this out. favor. I do we you this favor, Kel. The first female that calls, I'll let in one of my events for free. The second okay, female that calls, I'll let in an event for free. You get three females to call. I let all three of them in the event for free. How about that? Hey, that way you can have some backup. Listening. Other than that, I'm gonna keep jumping. Ah, I'm gonna keep frogging. I'm gonna be frogging. <laughs> Lady, y'all gonna let them? Y'all, y'all gonna let them do me like that though? Y'all gonna, gonna okay? But anyway, so there you go. That's a ticket to each night. That's on the street right y'all now. Y'all better call on me. Ray I need backup anyway. I need backup anyway. I don't but. care if they say boogity boo right now. I'll give you one. <laughs> Come on now, call in for them tickets. But um, you know, I say yes. I I just don't think if you're in a position where you are not ready for marriage and marriage is not on your plate in the future, why wouldn't you at least try to make a connection with somebody for companionship? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, yeah. I mean, if, I'm, I'm if you like somebody, y'all get along. Why not? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, I don't disagree with you. I just think that. So I think that part of my concern is that, uh, any any time number one, anytime a woman has ever said that she didn't want mar- she didn't want to be married, um, the truth is she was lying. She really did. She just you know it just started out and then all of a sudden. Part of the way through, it was like, oh, I changed my mind. I want to, you know. So number that's number one. Number two, again, as a on a personal level, I think it's it's because of my lifestyle. So I know, as a minister, I can't just be out there. Yeah, I know I can't do that. I know I can't be, you know, just, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I couldn't, I can't do that. And and the and the third, number three, and and can I be? We being this is scoop, so we being real, right? And when I say I can't be out there, when I say I can't be out there, what I'm saying is your boy is not gonna walk. It's not too long. It ain't gonna be too many years. I'm gonna be walking around being celibate. And so I like to rub a butt. Praise the Lord. So get your, you know, anyway. I mean, yeah, that's, that's that's good for you. Yeah, and you supposed to. Yeah, but that's for me. The bishop's supposed to have wife. That's how it's supposed to be. Nine two nine hold on. Nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four. Some people are asking what the number. Nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four. Yeah, tell her to call in with my backup. 
Slow but down, I, I mean, I just, Give it to I him. just think no, I just think that even what you're what you're saying, yeah, there there probably are some women that just like I'm just gonna say this so I can be cool. But like no mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be trying to I don't wanna say I don't wanna expect something and don't get it. Like I don't understand why people think that's so hard. Why is that such a bad thing? I don't have to expect marriage so that if it don't come, I won't be in the crazy house. Like <laughs> a woman can be like, I don't want to get married because she might not want to. Like I, I don't feel like I want to do that much work. I don't. If I can't find something that's easy like Sunday morning, I don't want it. I decided that I don't want it, and I'm cool. I'm cool. I hear you. I mean, no. I, I hear you, Kelly. But I just know that anytime I, it's never been, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's never never happened. It's always it always starts off like that, and then I want to get married. Uh, so you saying like if you do you start dating somebody and they say they don't want to be married, then at you know once you get serious, then they talk about they want to get married. No, once we That's what once, once we. I ain't saying once we get serious, because I'm not serious. If I go into it saying that I'm not interested in getting married, then I'm going into it saying I'm not interested in getting married. But then if two months later you do, now all of a sudden I feel duped. So I just think, again, that I think you got to, again, that's one part of it, you know, that makes me say I don't really think that's even, you know, I don't think that's feasible. Not because I'm dope like that, but I mean, it's just in general. You don't, you don't think that it's feasible that <laughs> people cannot want to get married? I don't think that it's feasible. Very correct. I think that it's very, there are very, a very small number of people, predominantly, and y'all don't shoot me, I'm just saying from what I see, predominantly women who don't want to get married. It's a very small number of women who don't really want to get married. Uh-huh. And I'm probably I'm probably in that number though. I'm in that, I don't know. I don't mind being I know you tell I don't mind being at the point one percent tail. Um, That's know. why I'm trying to I get think, in with a point zero one. Want, That's what I'm trying to get anyway. Yeah, right. You you trying no, to get economically. Want, yeah. Like I try to be look, when I tell y'all I'm going for Oprah status, I don't mind having a statement. <laughs> that is okay with me. I don't mind at all. Okay. I'm too. I'm too laid. I think I'm just too laid back. I mean, I'm laid back to a fall when it comes to things like that sometimes. So mm-hmm. you know, I think I could get used to the idea. But if for now, if I was to ever get married, it would be a production. Like I would want to get married <laughs> just so I could have the wig. <laughs> they were like, "Kill your marriage in last two weeks, uh, girl." But that party was off the chain. <laughs> Like, if I was to change my mind, it's because I'm trying to throw the best wedding this side of heaven. Like, that is going down. The best wedding this side of the Mason-Dixie. You know, I'm just saying. So, I think I'd be okay with having a statement. Like I said, a lot of people just want companionship, and then you don't want it all the time. Yeah. You know? Right. So, unless you now, I do believe that if you meet somebody that knocks you, you know, that knocks you off your feet and make you, you know, want to do all that stuff, I think it has to kind of happen like that sometimes. For that small percentage of us. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I think I think that the right dude come along and whisper the right sweet nothings in your ear, 
me and Q and cousin are gonna be pick gonna be gonna be wearing our tuxedos doing the scoop having a scoop nation wedding. I'm just gonna be honest. But we gotta call it we gotta call it real quick. Let me take the call. Call call three eight nine six. What's your question or your uh comment? Call it three eight nine six. You are on the air. What's your question or your comment? I'm sorry. Hey, 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 hey everybody, how you doing? Hey, y'all said call. Y'all is said that, call. I'm calling. That's that's me. Right. You see that? You see them trying to gang up on me? Who is that? I hear This is LaShanda Adams. I'm disengaged. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would. I that's thought you would. What, that's what Cicely V taught me. She said disengage. Thank you for calling uh, me, young lady. What party would you like to enter for free? <laughs> I know who you are. I can account for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. My backup is something else. You tell me the party and you walk in the end for free. All right, all right. So what are we talking about? Are we talking about marriage? Yeah. Is it okay to date someone that doesn't want to, that don't want to get married? As long as they both don't want to get married. Yeah, it, it's and doable. Yeah. I'm not ready. So yeah, You're not ready right now. But is it, is it completely off the table? No, it's it's not completely off the table. But I've been married, what, so there's no rush for me right, to just right. jump back out there. I, I'm enjoying what I have right now, and if it's not broke, why well, fix it? We we good. Yeah, I understand that. I can understand that. I can understand that. Okay. Yeah. So both, so you're you're basically saying that both, both, as long as both people agree to it, it's all good. Right. I mean, I know that he's ready. He's expressed that. I've said that I'm not, and um, I'll let him know when I'm ready. And he's he's patient. He's understanding. So, you know. Mhm. He's he's okay. old. He's older than I am. So it would be his. It wouldn't be his first marriage either. So there's really no rush. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna say this. Listen, Shane. Don't mess this up for us. We like him. I'm not. I'm, I, am, I am being very. I am being good. I am on my best behavior. Yes. We like this. We like him. Look, I'm doing good. I'm trying to get my tux and my Luther Vandross on, you know. Yeah, I'm Thug Shan is on the shelf. Bad Shan is on the shelf. I'm doing good. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I'll be at that one. Flash in. Oh, you'll be at that one. Yeah, I like him. I like him. Yeah. That's a good you, you got a gem. Just cause you know you get a plus one, so you tell me what event you ain't and he ain't. Y'all come in and y'all have a good time. Thank you for supporting okay. the family. We'll do that. We'll All right, support. So we'll do that. All right. All right. Yeah, have a nice. All right. So I got my other back. Did my other backup call in? I got. Did I have some other backup call in? No, that was your backup. Nope. 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 That was your backup. That's right. Just so happened that your one backup came, and she can stonewall. <laughs> so. <laughs> yep. Uh, All right. Yeah. So Is it my turn? Well, no, we got. We got a call. Time, it's song time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Hold on, let me let me get my notes. Let me get my notes. 
It's time. It's time to start Black crying. Folk. You know, this is crying time. <laughs> oh Lord, we going to the. They trying to take me there. So, we going to okay, the altar it now. Is, <laughs> it's time for "Holy Is Thy Name" by uh, Romandis Moore. It covers me from head to toe. 
right. That's right. Holy. Holy. That's right. Holy. Holy. Not only are the doors of the church open, but also <laughs> is the pulpit where we lay hands. All is being laid. Come forward. Come forward. And <laughs> <laughs> somebody getting slayed. Silly. Talking about getting laid. <laughs> that getting slayed and laid right there. You get laid down on that. Holy. He almost touched me in my singing, Shondo. You know what I'm talking about? My singing, Shondo. Bobby Honda. Holy. Bobby Honda. Holy. <laughs> Woo. Marcus. I saw Marcus this weekend, and y'all didn't see Marcus. I saw Marcus. That was a Marcus. So, here we go. <laughs> This next bit of news, not news, but fire that we're bringing you is brought to you by two powerful young ladies that we're going to segue into. The first is Miss Teresa Taylor. She's a realtor with Keller Williams of Central Oklahoma. Teresa says that she is here to serve you to the fullest. You are her VIP. She's education. Honest, caring, loyal, trusting, and sincere. You can reach her at 405-330-2626 or Teresa Taylor at kw.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-S-S-A-T-A-Y-L-O-R at kw.com. And I know what y'all been waiting for, so it's that time. She is back. And she is what y'all call on fire with her business streak. <laughs> Your favorite. Pick a day. It might be my favorite. But we'll see what she's doing tonight. I give y'all Cicely V. <laughs> Did you like that? Did I do good? Oh, I, I can do it Jesus. again. Um, no, nope, I don't need now. to do that again. I will have words <laughs> with Winfrey later. Nation, how are you? So good to see you and all my squad. I will say hello to Kels in the building. Uh, when, yes, words for you and Rashad. Yeah. Okay. Listen, the focus of the evening is Soup Nation. Y'all the people, okay, that we came here for to serve. So let's get to it. This is your girl, Cecily Victoria. My God. Owner and founder of Pastor International. My business dream is to help train and equip people to find their voice of identity so they can stop people pleasing and be empowered, encourage confidence and communication. I am a certified professional coach. I'm a counselor as well, you guys. I am the queen of empowerment, and I set people's lives on fire for a living, and that's why they call me the fire starter. Welcome to Passion Talk, where we give you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. Okay, so here we go. Listen, the fire starter just stopped by today to give you a sweetest day edition 
fashion talk. Is that okay? I think, like, all of you will be able to benefit from, especially the particular singles that I will be focusing on um, for this fashion talk. And I'm going to give you a Sweetest Day edition. We know that's coming up this Saturday, right? Some of you may have a boo. Some of you may have no boo. You know, somebody, you know. Whatever. You know, may have more than one boo. You can't decide. Whatever the situation is, I want to be able to help you out on this Sweetest Day. So what I'm going to do, Firestar is going to be in a little rare form on tonight. Let me give you a little uh, fun fact you may not know about me. I'm also a performing artist, okay? So um, I do stage theater. I'm a, a spoken word artist, you know, dance, all of that. So I'm actually going to share with you a spoken word piece, right, to start. And then I will um, segue into the mini teaching. Is that all right? Hold on to your seats. Get ready, you guys. <laughs> Y'all wasn't ready for this tonight. I know. All right. So here we go. This piece is dedicated to all of my singles with no boo, okay, specifically on this sweetest day, okay? Dedicated to all my singles with no boo. Here we go. What do the lonely do at sweetest day? Oh, what do the lonely do on sweetest day? What do they do? Well, I can't tell you what they do because I don't fraternize with the lonely crew. But I can tell you what they should not do. Don't be walking around here in sad faces and pitiful faces because you ain't got no boo. Since when did having a boo qualify you? True. Tolerating depression because you have not yet learned the most important relational lesson, and that is learn to enjoy your own company. Why can't you take yourself to the movie? Out to eat and then top it off with a dessert treat? You sure ain't going to track nobody looking like your name is defeat. That ain't cute. Baby, bye. Stop believing that lie suggesting that you may be alone. That means you are lonely. See, I looked up lonely in the dictionary, and this is one definition I see. That lonely means to be destitute or without intercourse. Well, shouldn't you be? See, that's really where the plot thickens, because between you and me, I don't think it's a matter of being lonely, but rather a lot of singles have been frolicking by the forbidden tree. Mm-hmm. Eating the fruit and swinging from branches and making loincloths with colorful leaves. Having a good old time in a garden where God never invited them to be. So now you thirsty and feel like you need some company. And the devil whispers in your ear and says, let's call it lonely. While daddy God is talking to and saying, my child, come to me. I'm the place you'll find your rest. Just lay your head on my chest, and I'll remove that stress, and you don't have to be depressed. Just trust me. Solve that appetite for temporary success and trust and believe in due season. At your time, you will be blessed because my covenant creates no mess. Find your identity in order that you also can profess who told you that you were lonely? 
Splash. That's it. That's that tea, Sean. That's that tease. Listen, let me drop for you real quick. Having a boo does not qualify you. I want to encourage those to take opportunity to enjoy your own company, particularly the singles with no boo on this sweetest day, right? To love on your own self. Okay, but Sweetest Day, as opposed to not feeling down or low because you don't have anyone to take you out. I want you to take your fine self out, and I guarantee that you are not going to be the only one who has thought of that a grand idea, and you just might meet someone while you're out looking fine and special and smelling good. Listen, don't let a Hallmark holiday get you to compromise what you've been working towards and working on and cause you to lose focus because of worldly views and social norms and society norms. You have to bear down in places of denial or sacrifice, even when it's not popular to the world. But do what's going to allow to keep your integrity, your dignity, and your emotional health at the end of the day when you won't feel shamed and have to deal with something undesirable when the sweetest day has come and gone. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. I have some questions that I'm going to give for you that you need to ask yourself, maybe some questions you need to determine if something is worth your time or your energy to entertain when you're considering the date that might approach your way, okay? Question number one, do you have a desire for it personally? Whatever the it is, okay, the the proposal, the opportunity, do you have a desire for it personally? Do you have interest aside from theirs, right? We always talk about, okay, it's not enough for them to have interest in you. It needs to be mutual. We all win or nobody plays, right? So it needs to be a mutual uh, reciprocity in the interest level in order for it to be a good time. I want to encourage you to don't feel compelled, okay, don't feel compelled to give a yes. You don't owe anyone anything, okay, you don't owe. You can kindly turn them down. You can thanks, but no thanks. You can't do that. It is quite legal. Number two, I want you to ask the question, If I go out with this person, will I be able to honor my value system, and will they be able to honor it also? Listen, we need to stop playing games like we don't know what some people be on, okay? So if it doesn't, you know, if if you track this individual, and it don't take long to track a person, and if you know that how they live, how they think, how they get down, it's not the same as how you live, how you think, how you get down, you're not a match. And they're not going to be able to uphold you and your value system, nor typically will you uphold yourself, okay? Please hear me on that. So I want you to ask yourself that really valuable, hard question. Number three question, third question, if you go out with them, will your conscience be clear? Please hear me. If you go out with them, will your conscience be clear? This is an important one, you guys. For example, if you're going out with an already previously established married man or married woman, that should not keep your conscience clear, okay? So for those who are obscure about, you know, what, what does it mean for your conscience to be clear, that's taken, baby, okay? So I want you to leave those married folks alone, okay? I don't care if you don't have any morals, 
please leave other men and women alone, okay, particularly with rings on their fingers, all right? I, as a young woman, I stopped my trifling ways because I, too, dealt with married men, but I had a conscience that caught up with me, and I couldn't do it anymore. I want you to write this down. A clear conscience makes a soft pillow. Hear me? A clear conscience makes a soft pillow, baby, because anything else is not worth it because you have to live with yourself at the end of the day. Question number four, that you ask yourself before you take up an opportunity just for the sake of getting a free meal or having a good time, okay? Is the decision that you're making, is it a power of choice decision? Is it a power of choice decision? What's a power of choice decision, Firestarter? Thank you. I'm glad you asked. You need to ask yourself, am I wanting to do this or do I feel I have to do this? This goes back to the compulsion. This goes back to was it an original idea of yours or was it a mutual idea of yours to begin with? A reminder, you don't have to do anything. You have no need to feel compelled or act impulsively because it will yield a dissatisfaction that you don't need when you are um, factually cheating on yourself once again. And we've talked about that. It's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy. And don't cheat on yourself. This is another angle you can understand power of choice decisions. It's either we have two types of decisions we make in the world all day, every day. They're either fear-based decisions or conscious-based decisions. Let me give you the quick skinny as to how you can tell the difference. A fear-based decision is based on you have the inner talk that says, I have to do this or else. It has an or else attached to it. That's a fear-based decision. You decide based on fear because you have a fear of something. Now, a conscious-based decision says this is my choice because it is my choice, period. Okay? It's really conscious. It's sobering. This is the choice I made, and I'm standing on it, period. There's no fear of anything. So I really want you to write that down. I want you to study yourself in regards to fear-based and conscious-based decisions. You may need to ask yourself, listen, are you having sex when you don't want to because you feel you have to? Don't feel compelled or forced, but settle in with your own choices, whatever they may be. Listen, other people may not understand when you don't settle for status quo and the okey-doke and when the going gets rough, but you still have to choose to see your ultimate vision to pass, see it all the way through to the finish because that's where the winners live. I will say that again. You have to choose to see your ultimate vision all the way to the finish because that's where the winners live. Winners live at the finish line. This is your girl, Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. You've been a part of Passion Talk today. We've just given you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. Is there any questions, comments, or concerns? Let me make sure I got this right. You have to choose to see your ultimate decision all the way to the finish because that's where winners live. Did I get that? That's that's correct, sir. Um, difference between fear and conscious-based. Can you say that one more time for me, please? Fear-based decision and conscious-based decision? Mm-hmm. Okay, a fear-based decision is determined with the inner dialogue that says, I have to do this or else. A conscious-based decision is made with the inner dialogue that this is my choice. 
because it's my choice, period. There's no extra after it. It's simply my choice. There's no fear involved. It's very conscious. It's a sobering decision. Okay. Okay. We good? No questions on the scene? No, 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 no nothing else? No, we're not good. If, I want to say something. <laughs> What's up? Talk you to thought me. You were skating. You thought you were skating. Okay, so I'm just going to say. Go ahead. I I don't know how miraculously two times you actually, <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I stand down. You get to leave for free again. I get to leave on the on the pass on the VIP. Rashad, there is a God. Let it be established. Let it be oh, known. There <laughs> is a God. I know that. <laughs> okay, know so let the record show. But this is this is what you know determines. This is what seals the deal on it. I know my girl Latasha is out there agreeing with me that this is that we know we're gonna see a post Don't about it. Don't get her started because you just took my friend from me. That's not fair. How you gonna oh, take my Lord. friend from me? And oh, make her Lord, help I know. And with you against you me. That ain't you. fair. <laughs> I know. I understand. That's I already right. got too many friends, that's so right. I can give her back I'm to co- you. That's, that's right. no I'm problem. I'm coaching Cuzzo to be petty, so, and he's doing a very good job. So I'm going to coach him even deeper. <laughs> no, you, you, okay. I'm, I'm not even going to go there with you. But I want to just say thank you to Scoop Nation for tuning in to another edition of Passion Talk. Listen, uh, please take note, you know, I hope that you are blessed. And remember, um, these have been practical tools for everyday living. So you can press into your personal power. Do it, and do it even on Sweetest Day, okay? Uh, no pun intended, right? Stay in purpose, <laughs> stay in power, <laughs> stay in passion, and stay on fire. I love you guys. I'm out of here. Peace. Mwah. All right. That's what's up. Good deal. All right, y'all. So we got let me have closing remarks. We got what, three minutes, five minutes. We'll start with uh, Cuzzle. You up first. All right. So, well, I'm gonna start with is that uh, homecoming weekend. So come hang out with us, man. You know we're having a good time. We're going to be in Venue on Thursday. We're going to be in Russell's on um, Friday and Saturday. Uh, you can also get those tickets early if you want to on Eventbrite, and that is going to be under the logo of Cool Kids. That's K-K with a Z, K-O-O-L-K-I-D-Z at Eventbrite. So, yeah, we're going to have fun, man. I'm coming. Come kick it with the drum major player. I enjoy yeah, myself you know like right? always. I will. You know I done hit you. Sure. I, <laughs> I will. Uh, I'm also juiced about homecoming. I'm going to try to get in some uh, events with everybody. Cool kids. have They got a whole package going on. But how, how much is the total package? How much is the total package? Right in. 25. 25. If you get that whole thing, it's just 25. You yeah. can go to all three days for $25. I mean, you know, I ain't trying to bust events. nobody over the head. Yeah, three events for $25. I mean, that's very economical. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, definitely going hit, to hit him up. I'm ready to have a good time at homecoming. Y'all don't forget, at, next weekend we kicking it too with Black Cat. And so y'all have a blessed and productive week. And we will see you next week. 
Thank you. 